You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the Noise Direction Podcast. I'm Matt Bacon here with my amazing co-host, Scotty Heath. Hello, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Matty Bacon. And, um, you know, pe- only people in hardcore call me Matty. <laughs> it's but, fun. Yeah, you know. It's lovable. Is- I'm, su- I'm surprised you haven't leaned into Matty because it's so lovable. And you, and you, in a, a part of the brand, but I, but I also get like, Matt can be professional and Maddie can be with, with love. It's like saying hello to you with a hug in it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, 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 the hug of recognition versus the Euro kiss of professionalism. Ah, um, I see. <laughs> I tried to be Scott when I hit puberty and no one let me. The I just being. tried and. <laughs> what were we going to talk co-host. about today, Scotty? I am your co-host. Well, real quick, man, episode two, bro, we did it. Yes, we, <laughs> we did. made we a podcast. One. We published a podcast. Dozens of people listened to it, and we're recording episode two. So this is a big triumph, at least because most podcasts are only discussed and never recorded. Now our challenge is to stay consistent and pump these out every week. We are staying on schedule. I got some cool feedback from, you know, the tens of listeners we had. So that was good. Uh, we had a couple stumbles, whatever. I listened to it on Tuesday when I was driving. And um, your, I think when we used to do Dumb and Dumbest together, we would constantly talk over each other. And you, you've gotten way more disciplined with that. I think just with your podcast experience. And I'm going, my lesson from listening to episode one is I'm going to try to let it breathe for a minute when you're talking. I think I was jumping in a little close, which to the listeners, it's hard because I'm in California and Maddie's in New York. So we're not looking at each other. So it's easy. And we're both fucking loud asses who love to hear our voices. So there's going to be a lot of that. I'm going to work on that. I mean, I will say it looks like our, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at the metrics and understand how this works, but it looks like that last week's podcast was one of the best performing in the history of the daily music business podcast. Boom. That's where we're coming from, dude. Right in there. Drop a bomb on it, dude. I mean, you know, that, that, that's who we be. Y'all laid the groundwork for us to come in there and, you know, do it. So thank you to everybody who tuned in. If this is your first episode, I don't know, skip episode one or go back if you like it. But uh, we're here. We're here. Noise direction. Yes. I'm still and trying. To, I still forget the name when I'm talking about it. Got to get used it, to that. It's okay. I, I have faith. I um, came up with the name and I can't remember. it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's concerning. 
Um, well, I just wrote it in the notes of my phone while I was hiking with like 20 other ideas. And then that was the one I was just like, bam. So yeah, you know, laying down some knowledge for the rest of us. Okay. Well, let's, uh, Maddie, I like you to take the lead on the subjects. That's kind of good. Yes. You, you've so got that. This week we are talking about how Scotty and I, but mostly Scotty, got a top 40 record with a death metal record on an independent label. Independent as fuck. Because a lot of people, like, I don't even have a staff. So that's like, you know, there's there's independent labels that are fucking awesome, but have uh, warehouses and office buildings and staff. We did this on my iPhone from my wife's house in fucking parts unknown mountains of California. So, but yeah, I'll take it. So, yeah, so we did it and it was a big achievement and there was tears shed and and a victory dance. There really was. It was very emotional. It was a hard year. You know, that was, I mean, thanks to the thousands of people who bought the record and talked about it like damn near daily on their phones. Um, that really was like my guiding light. You know, hopefully everybody had something that's been like carrying them through quarantine and COVID and everything. And that was it for me. And uh, just interestingly enough, I had already cleared my entire release schedule for the year to solely focus on the Necrot record. So, um, I mean, that was made things easier for me to navigate. Um, we obviously had a ton of success, uh, but it was we were already building off a project we've been working on for four years, you know? So, um, yeah, so but we, I guess, uh, so where do you want me to start here? Because we had, I guess, one of the lessons here is that um, just like so much of... Um, so much of what we'll talk about in this show is just having to push through stuff. Um, being on the road, like obstacles, you can't, it's not like, I mean, the show must go on, right? It's like you hit an obstacle and you have to just find a solution. And the same thing uh, also when I was growing pot is very similar to being uh, like a tour manager, because you hit obstacles and you can't stop it, it. The plants will die. You'll lose all your investment and money and time. Same thing with being on the road. So in this case, COVID, the motherfucking pandemic was my obstacle. And so we're about to hit a year of pandemic. 311 was the day it hit hard for us. And uh, at that point, uh, the day before the uh, pandemic. So, I mean, whatever I was doing a year ago now, release followed by a 100 date world tour. The yeah. band was supposed to play at the decibel beer and music festival in Philly, which was, I don't, I think in April or, or very beginning of May or something like that. Um, Cause we also weren't going to have a long rollout. Our plan was to like drop a single and they were going to be on the road like four weeks later and the record was going to come out. Um, we had these cool ideas. So I want to share some of the cool ideas because it, it's just stuff we weren't able to do, but um, it's still stuff that people can build their own ideas off of, which we were going to do an old school single with the O card and everything of the first single of the record. 
have it. I was going to go to the fest too. have that like pro stickers and posters of the record cover. And we were basically going to do an offline first announcement of the record at the festival. Then the band was going to play the song live, like 250 of those singles, and we would have just sold them right out. And, um, Scotty. Yes. What was that? Are you on the train, Matt? Maddie, are you on the train? No. <laughs> I heard a robotic woman speaking. No, I, 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 like I, was, I was trying to get my Bluetooth to play nice. <laughs> oh, that was Siri. Yeah, okay. it was Siri being mean, but it's okay. Keep going. Well, so we I, that I thought was going to be a really cool idea to do an offline thing. And then, so there would be buzz from the festival. And, um, you know, it was the kind of thing where I was like, somebody's going to try to flip one of these tapes before the weekend's over, but like, whatever, it was pure hype. And, um, and then announce the record and put the single online, like the Tuesday following with pre-orders, full 100 tour dates and boom, go, you know, just nonstop. That was the plan to work it like that. They, it would have been, uh, it would have happened real fast and, um, I know we would have had success and there's no way to tell if the success would have been the same. I mean, it's, it's so hard to compare, but so many bands and labels had, had their best year last year, you know, yeah. like we got saved by the fans. It was fucking awesome. Um, so fast forward, none of that fucking happened. None of that happened. I was on a, I remember, um, talking to uh, our booker, Ron Martinez from Crawl Space Booking, a singer of Final Conflict. And uh, he was like giving me the fucking straight dirt on what was going on behind the scenes with COVID and how shit was about to get all shut down. Um, you know, that was, they're one of the industries that were like early adopters to were fucked, you know? And um and it was brutal, man. It was brutal because it was my biggest release to date in 20 years. Huge investment. I mean, just a, it, just a you know, a, a bigger amount of money than is in the normal tank crimes comfort zone was already out there, right? And we're looking at the whole year being canceled. So I call the guys and uh, we all make the decision to push the pause button on the entire fucking operation until we can figure out what's going on. It was really heartbreaking and just kind of like the mood of the entire earth at that point, you know, but that's the way that we experienced it. We kind of sat around for three, four weeks, um, you know, just kind of just like everybody kind of waiting to, you know, for the fucking to wake up in the news to tell you it was okay. And that just wasn't happening. And as we got more information and stuff, it just became clear of what we know now. And uh, I love the guys in Necrot, uh, not just, they're amazing musicians, they're amazing people. Um, for listeners, I only work with bands that I personally know as friends. I, I don't accept demos and I don't uh, like seek out bands or, anything like that. And that's not um, because I'm like up my own ass. It's just because there's not a lot of money to be made here and it's a lot of effort. And so what is rewarding to me is actually working with people that I care about 
because it really just, it's a stronger team. And like, I go, you know, from knowing somebody like hanging out at shows to like loving them as amazing people and part of my family. So that's really important. I, I chopped that in real quick because I mean, the three guys in Necrot are the people I spent the most time with besides my wife during quarantine, but all on the phone. Um, but we all um, are really on the same page. And uh, that doesn't always happen. Anyone in a band knows that it's hard to get everybody on the same page, certainly with label and booking. And once there's monetary stakes at line and stuff, not everybody always agrees on stuff. And um, what's cool about Necrot is those guys trust me and I trust them. And so the hard decisions, like I was not anticipating some of these phone calls, you know, but the guys make it really easy for me. So we decide change of plans, summer tours canceled. Everything's canceled. Let's do a long rollout. Let's do the exact opposite of our original plan. Let's push this record all the way till the end of the summer at the time in hopes that there could be a fall tour which we were still booking at the time um, and go for it from there. So it changed everything. And uh, so now, so now we've chosen a late summer release date and there's going to be no shows to promote it. So <laughs> here we are, what do we do? Um, I made a calendar, um, a, 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 like a four month calendar that had one piece of promotion for one or more of the four of us to do on our fucking phones every single day, every day. It was like a, a hundred days of promotion and it was relentless and it kept us all going and it fucking worked. Maddie. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember. I remember talking to you when that was all going down. It just being like, yeah. <laughs> the reason I called on you, Maddie, is because sometimes I don't want to fucking ramble too hard. So that's why I, I called your name so you could point, put, keep me on the right direction. Well, no, but I, I think it's, the I think it's good to have that level of backstory because I don't think a lot of you know. Yeah, most I do. Are not privy. I agree. Know. Well, because we weren't talking about all this. And the other thing is that I started to, the, the other original plan was I was going to document a lot of this behind the scenes stuff on just on Instagram, on Tank Crimes TV. And I just stopped because the mood was bad. I couldn't, I couldn't talk into my phone for a fucking year. It just didn't feel right. That was the other thing, like walking that, that thin line of where commerce hits art meets we're living through a pandemic and people are really struggling yeah. and we're asking them for money and support. And um, like I said, everybody, everybody in a creative space who knew, who knows how to communicate with their fan base did really well last year, including us. But when it started, we just didn't know. I was really yeah. apprehensive to go out there like full steam, like, because that's the thing. If there wouldn't have been a pandemic, I would have hit it like fucking we're fucking partying. This is the best. Like, you know me, like I was even backing you off some buzzwords because I wanted to like tone it down yeah. because I didn't know if it fit the mood of the of the time. So. Um, so we're doing and here's another thing. I, I So bands know this. It's hard to 
fuck, it's hard to get a band to post a couple times a month on their social medias. I mean, this is what you preach all the time, Maddie, and, you know, and educate people that need to know it. Um, I'm trying to get, so what I did was by making the calendar, like with very specific things to do every day, that was really successful instead of me just being like, hey, you guys, you know, you need to post on your socials every day. We got to keep it going. Like instead, it was just a plan and we were all working together. And some days I would just take the lead. And that's what else. That's what else goes along with the trust of it. Like um, some bands are forced to give their label all their login information, you know, and aren't happy about it. And other bands hand it over gladly. And you, you, you need to be um, like it's a lot of responsibility, you know. So but a message to not just labels, but to bands, if you're having a hard time staying on schedule, make a schedule, make it like a fucking to-do list. But I literally had a calendar that just had an idea written fucking out Sunday to fucking Sunday to Sunday, you know, all the time. So that made it really easy to wake up every morning with that purpose of, we need to promote this. Yeah. Everyone is staring at their phone all day long inside their house how do I walk the line where I'm not yelling in their face about buying the record, but I'm reminding them, this is what we're doing, you know? Yeah. And uh, now, now I'm going to cut over to a little stroke of genius that I had that was extremely successful. That was completely offline. I started a campaign through decibel magazine adverts and uh, social media posts for interested parties of tank of necron to send me their mailing address on a postcard to my p.o box that was the only information interested parties of necron that was really fun i received 400 postcards mm-hmm. and i and with those postcards i took the addresses we pressed up a postcard flexi disc which was a postcard that had, it had the single on it. uh, The first single, which actually was just, which there's another little piece of game. We chose the first single because it was the shortest song and it was the one that would fit on the five inch flexi disc. And then we thought, well, then maybe if it's short, like then people will just play it again, you know, like listen twice, like let's boost, let's get this shit going, you know? But it was also because it was the only song on the whole record that would fit on a five inch. Um, and so no one knew I'm so, I'm not good at keeping a secret. I get, I'm, I have too much enthusiasm for what I'm doing to keep the lid on yeah. stuff. And this one, I fucking did it, man. No one fucking knew what I was up to. And I had to have these things fucking made in check and brought back and shipped. And this all had to go before the, the, the record, you know, this was part of the summer of, the summer of despair and necrot hype. And uh, so I let, so then I hand, I made an ink stamp and stamped all the postcards and addressed them. But what I stamped them was, and this is where I took a analog idea and pushed it into the digital world. And it was very successful. So get out your notepad, Vance. Um, it said, post a photo of this flexi postcard, which it's already the kind of thing that like, it's so Instagrammable, right? I mean, it's a fucking 
flexi postcard with a stamp on it that the fucking mailman dropped off at your house, you know? Some of them got kind of wrecked in the USPS, but most of them were playable. Um, post a photo of it, hat, tag us, and you can win a fucking test press. So not only was it already a cool thing that you got for free for pretty minimal fucking effort. I mean, even though that's a, can be a stretch for some people these days to put a stamp on something, but, um, but that was your reward. You got that. And then that's really when like the, 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 the hype that was even unbearable for some people really began when those postcards started showing up online. And, uh, I was, I was ecstatic. It, it was so great. And, um, and that, that was just, that's the full idea. The postcard thing. It's not the kind of thing I would have done with, a uh, with a band I didn't know was going to have massive sales because, um, it wasn't cheap, you know? I mean, that was like, but then you start balancing it. It's like, okay, how many print ads would it cost you know, like, that's kind of how I yeah. do the math in my head. Like, how many sponsored posts does this equal? You know, how many Absolutely. print ads does this equal? And it was like, it costs like, I don't know, it costs like a little over $1,000. It was like 1200 bucks for me to give away. So I can't do that on a release that's going to sell 500 copies. But I can do that on one where we're shooting for the fucking stars in Sky's the Limp, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a really good... Uh, yet expensive idea, but I think it could also work with just like a regular postcard too. It's still just fun to get something in the mail. Like I could have made, I could have made 500 postcards for under a hundred dollars, still I mean, full even, color, glossy and stamped them up and stuff, you know? And I think people would have appreciated that too, but I really wanted to go that extra thing because those that's not even, that's the third flexi postcard I've made. I did this for cannabis corpse 10 years ago, but we didn't yeah. mail them out. I used them as like a, like, I was like passing them out like spam at shows and we put in, in with mail order copies and stuff. And then years later I did one. Yeah. And then years later I did one with toxic Holocaust just because we won pirates press was having like a record of the year contest. And I fucking blew up my Facebook and got all the most votes for the toxic waste split that year. And what we won was 500 flexies. That was like the prize. And so we did a toxic Holocaust one, which was like a cool, like rough, like demo track off the, off the album with the changed logo that that record but i can't revelations was the name of the song but so it was the third posty flexi post oh what i'm getting at is that this wasn't a new thing these have been around for a while and i've done them before but they're one of those things like they're kind of expensive for what they are they sound like shit i mean and if you it's just i mean it's just grooves stamped into a, a like a thick uv coating you can only maybe listen to it 10 times it's going to start deteriorating right away like an old school acetate but um people still didn't know about them nobody in my world had really blown them up like that so for a lot of people receiving them didn't even know that product existed yeah and so that was, that was why it was worth it to me. And that was why it made it happen. And everyone that has one is held on in fucking six months later. I've not seen one on Discogs or one on eBay. Motherfuckers are saving those. And the other thing, people that people in our scene, like people like to display their stuff. When you walk into a fucking punk's house, the first thing you see is his record collection, his fucking posters, maybe his fucking toys, you know, like, we don't decorate 
our fucking living spaces the way fucking normal people do. We fucking put horror movie fucking toys on the mantle and fucking, you know? Yeah. And that, this is the other piece of game. That's the kind of thing, there's nowhere really to put it, you know, with your record collection, except to kind of just lean it up against something. So it like goes like on display where you keep all your cool stuff. And that's where they end up on people's shelves. You lean it up against something. Most of them are probably just collecting dust somewhere, but people might look at it every single fucking day. Yeah. So. Shit. How long is this podcast going to be, Maddie? I can't stop talking about this. And we haven't even got to us working together. So this is about the time I call up Maddie B who, um, you know, has, uh, you know, been fucking, I don't want to call it a cold call, but I mean, how many times have you asked me to get a job in? Like we did it a bunch of times and it just never was the right project. I thought to actually pay for a digital ads guy. And you were so sweet. You offered me a fucking discount to do it. And I said, no way, Maddie, you're fucking charging me your regular rate because we're going to fucking kill it. And I don't want you to have some excuse if you fuck it up. Like, well, I wasn't even, I gave him a bro deal and shit. I was like, nah, man, let's do it. Let's fucking. And you were like, sweet. And I, you know, I knew that another reason was excited for our first project is I knew that you had something to prove too. And you fucking did. dude. You nailed it. And this is where I will give hype to my co-host who actually sells his services i bought them it fucking it worked i know dude people listening to this podcast maddie saw an ad for necrot on their phone during the pandemic oh yeah there's no fucking way you didn't see it you saw it all the time and i wanted to say i've been meaning to text you i've been seeing those capra videos that new band you're working with oh yeah i'm seeing them so i want i wanted to text you i forgot but i'm seeing it but um so we're doing the hundred day social media campaign. And so the guys are doing zooms and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, you know, as much as possible. Um, I'm working the social media every day. Oh, here's another social media tip I want to give everybody that I would do. One of the things that was super successful and I kind of had to dig it out of the guys, but it was really great was getting them to talk about like influential albums or like their favorite artwork, the kind of stuff the kind of stuff that you'd get asked in an interview, right? Don't wait for someone to interview you. Interview yourself because you're actually going to reach more people posting these answers on your socials than you are answering them on fucking Homeboy's blog, you know? Yeah. It's going to get out. So, so, and then you also control the narrative. You could, that you ask yourself your own questions. I mean, this goes back as long as possible. I mean, fucked up taught me you can interview yourself. I interviewed myself through a fucking pseudonym for maximum rock and roll because I didn't want to do an interview with somebody that was like, okay, what's your name and what instrument do you play? Got any good tour stories? Like I didn't want to fucking do that. So I just interviewed my fucking self and it published. And I fucking I admitted to it when they shut down last year. RIP Maximum Rock and Roll Print Edition. They still exist online. Um, so, but doing that in social media for the interviewing themselves, it's a really good way. And it makes, I know some people think like are looking for like a bigger purpose for their posts. And this will give it you that feeling, which you don't need to have, by the way. But I understand some people being like, 
there's no purpose to this post. Why we're not doing anything like people who think uh, their social media is just to put up flyers for their next gig, you know? Yeah. Which it's not. And it's not. And then I'll drop a solid piece of game right here that Maddie will back me up. You don't need purpose to hype yourself every day. The purpose is you're doing something for yourself. You're and, and you have the confidence and courage to do it. And so get out there and do it because this is what social media is. You just are reminding people that you exist every day and that at one point they clicked fucking, they liked you or they wanted to follow you because they, they liked you and wanted to follow you. They want information from you. If they don't like your shit, they'll leave. It's fine. But you, if they've taken the time to show interest, you need to just remind them every day that you exist and don't be a fucking punisher. Don't be a fucking punisher. You have to see what works, you know, and there's ways to post every single day and fucking lose half your fan base. And, but if, but if you do it right, which isn't that difficult, listen to fucking Maddie Bacon, listen to noise direction podcast (laughs) and um, you can start doing it effortlessly and, and it, um, and it works for you. And then the other thing is that now that the campaign's over, like now that the record's behind us, I mean, we've, you know, Necrot, us as a Necrot team has pretty gone kind of silent, um, on that tip. And, uh, I mean, we're behind the scenes. We, we are booking tours right now. Um, I hope they happen. We've got several of, we're working on tours. Every band is working on tours behind the scenes right now for fall and spring with a big 50 50 on the fall and everyone's pretty confident we'll be out next, you know, next March. Um, so we'll see what happens, but that's what we're working on. But without that schedule, we've kind of slipped. And now I'm uh, the year has moved on. I've got, I'm working on five new releases behind the scenes right now that we're ready to start talking about maybe net, probably next month. But, uh, I actually would like to go back and make us another schedule. Maybe not one so, um, maybe not, you know, a hundred days schedule, but I think I'd like to get back in there and talk to the guys and get back on a bi-weekly thing where we start to do some of the things we were doing when we were hyping the record. Yeah. So Maddie, what is it now that I've talked for an hour, you know what my wife was laughing at from the first episode Sure. At one point, you you asked me to give the 60-second version of something, and she said she laughed right away before I even started talking because there was no way I could do something in 60 seconds. And then I proceeded to talk for about six minutes. <laughs> so this is where I want you to tell everybody what it is you do on the fucking Facebook because I had asked you to teach a man to fish. I wanted to follow along and steal your game. And one week into it, I said, Maddie, I'm, I'm not comfortable in this space. I want you to do it. And I already see your value. So whenever I need this, I'm just going to pay you to do it. So what is it that you do? Well, the overall strategy is pretty basic, right? It's basically you get a bunch of eyeballs at first, and then you turn around and you retarget them. Right. And, and you, and you send the ad straight to them again. And so that's all we did was we just got a bunch of eyeballs by looking at relevant audiences and, you know, of like the bands that they had toured with. So Morbid Angel, Obituary, um, 
cannibal corpse, yada, yada, yada. You know, like- And that had- was a place where we did have a good advantage because if you have, because we were actually, you know, everybody should use those kind of key target words. We were fortunate enough that like a lot of people literally knew of the band because they went to go see morbid angel yeah so that also that was was, that was definitely like a a a defining factor in what was going on here was that and also this is go ahead uh i because i want you to go on but i want to say this is where i was pushing back on you sometimes on the buzzwords and stuff because you know that kind of stuff works the the bigger buzzwords and as seen on tour with those kind of things. Yeah. And that was where I, me as your client was coming in and going, nah, I don't. Cause that, that borderlines cringe to me. And so, and, and you were very generous with working with me, not that you were going to like defy the client or whatever, but you did a good job of explaining some of that stuff to me and we found a compromise, but some of those kind of things I just pulled right off the table, including that. But you were able to still go in and get to those people without saying that word out loud. It's tricky. It's tricky because, you know, you want to say on some, on some level ads need to say by now, <laughs> you know what I mean? But Which is the hardest part for a creative person to do. Yeah. Sell. You can't. Yeah. And, and you can't really, you know, and, and you gotta be, careful you know i think one of the most successful ads one of the ads i was most stoked on it just said press play die and and for our audience that really worked right people were like fuck it i'll press play this everything sucks kill me now play yeah (laughs) but it was just like like that went so well like people were just like oh my god yes like of course, because like when you can talk to your fans on like a meaningful level like that, where it's like, oh, okay, like press play, die. Yeah, that sounds like something that's for me. You know, motherfuckers right. are going to connect, you know? So I think that was really the key. Um, we are running out of time on this episode, and I think we did initially discuss making this a two-parter. Yeah, I think we did. You're right. We, we, and so, we started, so... This gives you sort of the groundwork, right? Scotty's doing all these brilliant things to get attention. I'm starting to run ads. A couple singles will come out. Things are starting to happen. And next week, we're going to tell you how we got it over the hump and into the top 40. And then remained on the Billboard charts for three additional weeks after the debut and we'll we'll explain how a lot of small bands can get on the billboard charts but how that really depends on pre-sales and staying on for additional weeks are serious milestones but uh yeah this is great because next we did the full background next week we can jump right into how fucking all the records sold out the first day and we had to start repressing and going into full fucking speed insanity Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our buyers. Thanks to the noise direction podcast uh, fan base of dozens. The community. I love several several hundred, several hundred, not dozens, several hundred. Oh, cool. Okay, you know, I like to, you know, I like to, uh, 
uh, I like to aim low and then be pleasantly pleased. So if we if we hit several hundred, I'm very happy with that. We're thank already at everyone. several hundred. So, so thank you. Everyone. Oh, that's killer. Thank you guys so much. I promise I won't play a, a Chase Manhattan Bank commercial for you before the next episode. We figured that out. <laughs> and they didn't give us any money, by the way. It's just the way the fucking algorithms did it. And we fixed it. Love you. <laughs> this has been Noise Direction. You have been listening. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>